Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Man, am I excited today to have David Wood on the call. We're going to get to that right after we tell you who this show is sponsored by. This show is sponsored by Journey 333, which is a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help people to look better, live better, and feel better. We love to interview overcomers, and today we have David Wood. I'm going to read to you a little bit about David. David is a life consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. David built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching. Discovering that shiny object syndrome is an epidemic among high performers. David coaches rockstar business owners to double revenue, achieve more in less time, and be a more extraordinary entrepreneur, partner, parent, and teacher. So how about that? Doubling your revenue by focusing on less? I can't wait to hear more. That's awesome. And then here's a couple of cool quotes by people that I respect, admire, and have read their books. Jack Canfield, you all know Chicken Soup for the Soul, and he's written uh, the other book, uh, Success. Uh, what was it, David? Oh, I'll, you'll help me in a minute. But Success uh, Principles. Success Principles. Yeah, I knew it had success in the title. I really enjoyed that one. But Jack Canfield, this is what he had to say. David walks his talk. I love his willingness to put himself in the fire and do what it takes to make that next step. John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire. John Lee Dumas also wrote the book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, where he shares some success principles. And John Lee Dumas says, I've interviewed over 2,200 inspiring entrepreneurs, and David Wood is as authentic, genuine, and interesting as they come. If you want someone to ignite your audience, David is truly on fire. So David, Light our audience on fire. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No pressure or anything. Um, <laughs> and so I love that you read those quotes. No one's ever done that in like over 200 interviews. They don't tend to read that out. And it was really nice hearing, um, you know, what these two generous men have said. And I want to clarify something in the bio. I think you called me a life consulting actuary to Fortune 500 companies. And I think you might've just invented a new profession. <laughs> I like, I like the sound of that. Um, I was a consulting actuary to fortune 100 companies. That was my, my former life. And then I left it because I discovered at the age of 27 that I knew nothing. I knew about business and numbers and systems and money. I didn't know anything about authenticity and vulnerability and leadership and true influence so I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a strange mix. I, I, my first half of my life was all about the left brain. And then I've done so many years now of sitting with gurus and navel gazing and doing all the personal growth work. So I'm actually more of a life coach to business owners who want to double revenue, but they care about so much more. Because I keep saying, if you just want to make more money, you should work with somebody else. There are lots of people who work with you on that. But if you want to work on, sure, your business and your leverage and your time off, and you care about how you show up in the world. Like one client just, just wrote down as one of his goals. He said, I want to be someone people admire. That's his goal. I said, all right, great. How about 
being someone that you admire. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, let's do that. <laughs> so that that excites me. I'm like, who would you admire? And and how do we how do we create those abilities? And yeah, he wants to double revenue. So we'll work on that as well. But that's the beginning for me. That's definitely not the end. Real good, real good. You know, I had a mentor one time that had me get from different personal family members, like my daughter, my wife, three words that they would use to describe me. And then he asked me afterwards, he said, are those the words that they that you would want them to use to describe you, right? And so I, I like what you did with that because it's like, I want to be someone that people admire. But at the end of the day, we really want to be someone that we admire, right? Yeah. I really wanted them to use the words that I wanted to live up to that I that I meant most to me, you know? Uh, so- yeah, I really believe that being someone that people admire is a, a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. It's not the end result because it's a moving target. You can never be sure if they actually do admire you. And ultimately, I do believe the only person who can give us approval is, is ourselves. Because you could say all wonderful things about me. John Lee Dumas could talk about me. Jack Canfield could talk about me. But if I don't believe it, it is never, ever going to scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not saying let's not get approval from other people. I'm always looking for approval. But I try and be honest about it. And ultimately, it's like, do I approve of what I'm doing? So anything a, else is going to be a Band-Aid. It's self-validation, you know, that we're, we're after. But I think that a lot of us don't take the time to look inside ourselves and really understand the things that are most important to us. So how do you, how do you get someone to transition from looking for external validation and turning towards the internal validation, you know, understanding that they can get it from within? That's a, that's a process, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, I'd say by default, most of us are looking outward and that's fine, but it might come up in a session. Uh, like I had one client just started with me and in the middle of everything she was saying, I said, can I pause you for a moment? Are you, do you tend to beat up on yourself? Are you kind of hard on yourself? And she stopped for a minute or two, and then there were some tears. And it's just because it's what I was hearing. So often you can't, it's hard to hear yourself, but I can hear it when someone's speaking that like this guy said, I want to be someone people admire. I said, yeah, who else, who else could admire you? Let's, let's go into that. So it's like it pings a radar. It pings my radar. And I'm like, hang on. I think you're going, that's not where the cheese is. That's not where the cheese is. You, 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 you're looking for something that's going to be good for, for a short term, but it's not ever going to scratch that itch. So I wish I had a formula to offer, but I don't. It's more from 20-something from years of coaching, people will speak and I'll hear that something's a little off. And I can hear, I think underneath that, you might be believing something that's not very fun for you. That's and fun. would you be open to diving into that a little? So you've been coaching for over 20 years now. Over 20 yeah. years now. Okay. I, I didn't 1998. Okay. I, I started with my first practice client. Awesome. Awesome. And the name of the company is Focus uh, CEO, right? Focus.ceo. That's actually my domain name. Okay. Focus.ceo. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was available, dude. Yeah. Right? I, I went, I was looking for focus and there was like focus.vip for, for 10 grand and focus.ltd for eight grand. And then there's focus.ceo sitting there for uh, $14 a year. 
I'm like, what? And and I, I I registered it, and I kept expecting to get an email saying, uh, "Sorry, there's been a mistake. That's that's actually ten thousand right. dollars." I think it, I think it was meant to be. I think we're all the CEO of our own lives. So I I mean I work with business owners, so sure they're the CEOs, but we have this executive function in our brain that's able to step out of our patterns and vision where we want to go and make these big decisions. We just don't use that faculty a lot. And so uh, it tickles me this this uh, this title. That's a great uh, that's a great way to put it. I've always believed that we have the power to to manifest what we want, right? You know, we find what we look for when we start to become aware of those things that we want. All of a sudden, we seem to attract them into our lives. But to look at it from the fact that perspective that we all get to be the CEO of our own lives that's uh, that's really good. So yeah, the, the, can I you don't want to double click on that? It, you know, I like. Sometimes I think about the movie, The Matrix. Yeah. I, I think we have that ability to create, but most of us are asleep in our own matrix. And I'm not judging. There's nothing wrong. I mean, I, 95% of what we do each day is unconscious. And so the job of coaches, I think, is to ask questions that will have us go, oh, wait a minute. Am I living the way I want to live? Am I, am I making the best moves in the game of life? Um, so that we're constantly being more and more aware and using that executive function of our brain. I think that's what really what coaching is about. Otherwise, we're on autopilot. And if you love your autopilot, then don't let me change it. Seriously, if you love everything and you're lit up each day and you're just going, going, going uh, on autopilot, that's wonderful. I'm here for those who are thinking, wait a minute, I think there's more. And I don't want to be on my deathbed saying, I wish. Right. I don't right. want anyone to have that experience. If they work with me, it'll be something else. On your deathbed, I want you to say, I gave it everything. I fully lived. I risked plenty. And, and I, I really lived my life. That's so good. That's so good. So, you know, I heard this said before, and it was that a teacher gives good information, but a master or a guru knows how to ask the right questions rather than giving the good information. And I've had a mentor in my life who gives me a roadmap, and, and the roadmap is not him telling me what to do. The roadmap is a bunch of questions that I have to answer about the upcoming year, right? So that I can kind of get clear on what it is that I want, you know, what, what trips do I want to take? What do I want to accomplish personally, professionally? with my health or, you know, with my love life, uh, you know, what types of tools have you found to work best for, to help people to uncover, you know, cause like you say, many of us are asleep. We have no idea that there is even available to us to live the life that we want to live, you know, and we haven't really given it thought. Maybe we're just punching in and punching out and going to bed at night and accepting what we have. Right. Uh, so yeah, as a coach, as a coach, how do you help people begin to work on those things? I have a series of questions and I've been honing these over 20 years and, and I put them into a, a form and, and, and listeners, you can go to focus.ceo, scroll to the bottom and request a coaching session. And I don't get on the phone with anyone until you've answered these questions and they'll really have you stop and think about your life. So they're, they're the obvious ones like, what do you want? And I break it down a little bit, like say in business. It, let's suppose we work together. Let's suppose you and I work together, Travis, for a year. And we're celebrating at the end of that year. 
I want to know what would have you do the happy dance? What would have you dance so much that your ass almost literally falls off? You're dancing so hard. You want to, you want to call all of your friends. Now that's a confronting question. When I was asked that by a coach, it took me, I sat with it for a month. Like what would have me that happy? And so that's a, a beginning what's concrete that you could be celebrating. And there might be some business goals that you have. There might be some personal relationship goals. Like maybe you want your kid to talk to you more. You want your kid to open up and trust you. Maybe you want to, uh, your, your partner to be 50% happier in life or, or with you in the relationship. You see how it starts to get us thinking. And sometimes I, 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 in the form, I actually suggest some goals just to get people thinking. Some people, um, I want to know how much time off do you want? It's one thing to work and, and have a great time doing that and make money. But how much do you want to be working? And how much time do you want for other things? There might also be some personal things you've always wanted to do. These things get buried in our brain. For 10 years, I've had a secret dream and I didn't, I didn't tell anyone. It just didn't come up and I didn't know if I'd ever follow it. And it wasn't something I had to do. I just thought for 10 years, I thought I'd really like to dive into acting and maybe move to LA and just give it a good shot for a year or two and fully live the life, not dabble in it. And so I started talking about it just three months ago. I started speaking it and a friend heard me and said, Oh, I, I used to act in LA. In fact, I'm going to audition for a play next week. Do you want to come with me? And I, part of me is like, hell no, I haven't even done a class. You think I'm going to come? But another part of me is like, well, this is a universe knocking. And so I ended up going and auditioning. And I hired a coach to, to help me with the audition, went and auditioned, got cast in the lead in a paid professional production of Dracula. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, thank you. In fact, I think I can, I think if I've got a picture here, I think I can change my background. Um, can you see this? Oh, yeah. Wow. That yeah. is so awesome. Wow. Yeah. And there's me. We did it out in the open. So it was, it was outdoors. People carried their chairs. And there's me hiding, hiding in the long grass. Um, but, the, but the point is, these questions start the creative process. And, and sometimes I'll see the goals and I'll be like, really? Is that all you want? And, and we might go deeper. I ask questions in that form, like what's holding you back? What's, what's getting in the way? If there's a challenge to overcome, what is it? If there's a way we all sabotage ourselves, what would your favorite method be? And I, I list the, the top five, the people used to shoot themselves in the foot so that I can keep an eye out for my clients around that. So that's how I start. I start with questions. And then our first session, if, uh, if they decide they want to work with me, I give them more homework to be more specific and drill down. And then we work out some milestones because a year is too far out. Right. There's no way to relate what I'm doing tomorrow with those goals a year out. So we layer the goals a little bit, but that's where it starts. No, with what really, do you want? I can totally relate to that because you're talking to somebody that's helped uh, people lose more than 100 pounds. Let's see. Uh, in our locations, our greatest weight loss goes 200 pounds to a male and 170 to a female. And of course, we had to boil it down to one pound at a time. 
and what are we going to do about it, right? And, you know, of course, sometimes it comes a little faster, but, you know, you have to kind of break those things down. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Now, you touched on something earlier. I actually have two follow-up questions to what you've been talking about. Uh, one thing is, you said, as soon as I started to uh, speak about this idea of acting, all of a sudden, you know, I get this opportunity, and I thought maybe it was the universe talking back to me. And I, and I truly believe that, and, I, and I've shared it before that it's even scientifically proven, right? Like, you know, RAS, reticular activating system, right? That, uh, you know, I mean, all of a sudden we just start speaking of things and our awareness goes up because we, we do that. So um, what would you, could you speak to that a little bit more, if you would, about, you know, how you might encourage people that, that have dreams, uh, you know, why you believe that uh, just by starting to talk about it, that these types of opportunities can come into people's lives? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's very woo woo. I think it's, I think it's actually quite scientific. When I started telling a couple of friends, I think I'm, I might want to move to LA next year. Um, that gave one of my friends a chance to say, I did that once. I was like, really? I had no idea. She's like, yeah. Do you want to come to this improv class? I said, okay. And so I go to an improv class and then I start talking to the teacher about some things. And then I go to this audition and then I get in the play and it starts, it all snowballs. And then I went looking for an acting class. I'm like, if I'm going to be in this play, I better learn how to act. So I got in an acting class and then I'm meeting different people through that. And then one of those people introduced me to playback theater, which is an improv style. An audience member tells a story and then the troupe says, let's watch and they play it back and then through that someone told me about singing lessons I'm like that sounds like a good idea so I went and got singing lessons and then the teacher said I've got a recital coming up for my students would you perform that's another example of where that's the universe knocking now I was terrified just stand there, no microphone, no reverb standing on stage singing to 25 people yeah, my, my legs were shaking, but it's a no-brainer. That's the universe knocking. And then I said I was looking for a private acting coach and my singing teacher knew somebody. So now I've go, I'm going to an acting uh, private session uh, in about an hour to work on some monologues. And then that led to something else. So there's a snowballing effect that starts with the question, what do you want? It starts with that. And you can ask yourself that. You can listen to podcasts like, like the amazing Travis Barnes and you can get inspiration. Join a mastermind, go and do an immersive course like the Landmark Forum or work with a coach. Like these are ways to have an external force working with you on it because left to our own devices, we, it, it might take 10 years the way it did for me to speak about acting. Yeah. So it starts with what do I want? And then if you are working with a coach or a mastermind or some kind of external force, you can't hide. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. So you might be prompted to go and post something on Facebook or go and ask three friends for feedback on this idea. Or uh, one client wants to double revenue. I said, all right, what's your plan? He said, I don't have one. I said, all right, well, let's work out the questions. And within five minutes, I, I, I didn't have these written down. We just came up with them. I said, write down your avatar, write down their top five problems, write down the top five benefits of working with you, write down possible traffic sources, write down what your funnel might look like. 
Would it be a lead magnet into a sales call, into a sale or whatever? These are your questions for the week. Go away and have some fun. So, so he started the ball rolling by working with me. And now the ball keeps on rolling. He's got that. It's like if someone joins a gym or hires uh, you as a personal trainer, it's hard to hide. It's hard to hide out. Your dreams have to come to the forefront. Your tolerations have to come to the forefront and you get to deal with both of them. Because you have to take action. I just love how you just illustrated though, uh, the power that we have. I just think that, that we're powerful beyond imagination. I think that, um, you know, I'm not to uh, advocate for any certain religions here, but like there was a, a Bible that says, you know, you spoke and there it was, right? And, and you know, like that's the power that we have, right? You know, and, and so, uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you for talking about that. And then earlier, I said I had two questions to follow up to something you said earlier. You were talking about questions where you ask people the way that they sabotage themselves. And in your, in your introduction into the show today, we talked about making more revenue and spending less time doing it. And of course, you know, it's focus.ceo that we're talking about here. So do you feel, I guess as a follow-up question to one of the ways that you help people is that you help them to eliminate distractions? Because once I can say what I want out of life uh, is my next challenge to find the time to do it, right? Like, I mean, do you help people? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. it. So it starts with the creation. This is what I want. This is what it's looking like. Can I have it? Can I not have it? Are there limiting beliefs here? Uh, is this practical? Is this doable? Like all, all of these things can come up. But then once you've got like, okay, this is it. This is where I'm going. The game becomes with all the noise going on in our lives, can I actually put my life force in that direction? And it's not easy. As soon as you wake up, your own brain is assaulting you with all sorts of different thoughts and fears and worries and whatever. And maybe, you know, like my brain this morning was like, oh, I've got to pack for this trip tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go to um, a Colorado prison and train some women inmates in communication, authenticity and leadership. And I'm like, I've got to get that worked out. I got to get the house sitter. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like your own brain is going to do, do this. And then you've got voicemail, you've got text messages, you've got email. And this is before we even get to social media. Right. And before we talk about whoever's in your house, knocking on the door of your office and, and whatever, all of these different things make it almost impossible to go and create something entirely new. And so what I do, and it's a layered process. We start with 12 months out. Okay. What's it look like at the end of March? What would have us be celebrating at the end of March? So we've got something specific and measurable. Okay, great. Now, how are you going to know what to do each week? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how are you going to know? If you just left your own devices, you'd probably just be responding to emails. Right. And just whoever yells the loudest, that's the person you'll give your attention to. So what I do with my clients is they have a self-coaching form to fill in before every session. Only takes five or 10 minutes. But part of the form is list the actions you will take in the next seven days. Okay. What, what's your priority? What matters? And all they got to do is look at their 12-week milestones 
and say, well, okay, this is where I'm heading. What am I going to bite off this week? And then equally important, what will I put in a drawer for this week? That's very hard to do. What will I agree not to work on for this week so I can get this stuff done? But then if, if that was it, just left to their own devices, a lot of people still fall off the horse. And it's because they wake up tomorrow and everything's assaulting them. Everything's coming in. So what I, an exercise I just gave one client is before you go to bed, or it could be before you sign off for the day from work, write down the two things that matter most tomorrow. And here's a way to focus the brain. If I was only allowed to do two things tomorrow, that was all I got to do. What would they be? What, what I call them needle movers because they're going to move the needle in your life or business. What two things? And then put them on post-it notes. And then the game. And this really is a game because you've got villains and challenges trying to knock you off, your, off, the, off the course. The game is, can you do those two things before you do anything else? Right. right. I was going to ask you that when you were talking about, you know, just different ways that we get distracted and the way that sometimes you start the day and you you start to get flooded. How much is, uh, you know, you've created a lot of successful or or helped entrepreneurs to become even more successful CEOs. Um, How much of that is morning routine, right? Like how much of it is, you know, having a strategy to work on your most important project before you, wind up asleep in the matrix trapped on social media and then sucked into TV in the evening. And, you know, you spent five yeah. doing nothing, you know? Well, I, I don't really care what your morning routine is as long as it includes doing these two needle movers before you do other tasks. Now, if you want to go and get your green smoothie, make your coffee, do some stretch, do some, some movement, drink, chug a lot of water, go to the bathroom, let the dog out. Whatever, whatever it is for you, uh, some people like to play music and dance. That's fine. Do the same thing every morning. But ideally, do not check email. Right. Do not check your messages. Give yourself, say, between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or 8 and 11 to work on your two needle movers. This is your time to work on what matters to you. And then after that, yeah, don't get lost in, in social media and email. And there's a Seinfeld episode where they're on a plane and over the PA system, the guy says, all right, the seatbelt signs have been unfastened, uh, have been turned off. You're welcome to get up and wander aimlessly about the cabin. I always remember that line. It's kind of like that. Once you've done your two needle movers, get up and wander aimlessly about the cabin. It doesn't really matter. Um, now I sometimes check emails. I might just, I, it's very difficult to do, but I'll try and scan through to see if there's anything important from a client. If there's something time sensitive from a client and I'll try and ignore the rest. And it's easier for me to do on a phone because I don't want to type and reply and whatever. So that's a bit easier. You can also get an assistant that checks all of your emails and they will ping you on a channel that you keep open could be whatsapp or something if there's something that really needs your attention otherwise you because some people some of my clients say oh but what if there's an emergency i will give people a channel where they can reach you if it's urgent all of my clients know if it's non-urgent email me if it's time sensitive or maybe i didn't get back to you on an email 
use text yeah. because I'm going to see that. I, I really like that idea of the assistant. And, you know, if you don't have an assistant in your life, would you agree that uh, the social media, the checking of texts, the checking of emails, I mean, I, I'm going to confess that I felt addicted to those habits in the past, knowing full well that they weren't serving me well, you know, they weren't, they weren't uh, obviously allowing me to live my best, most productive life where I would work on my most important two things first. But I mean, if you have uh, found that it can be a little bit of an addiction with some of your clients, what strategies, tools do you give them to, you know, maybe change your life for the, for the better, you know, a little less. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things you can do. And I, I understand addiction pretty well. I think I'm addicted to a computer game that I just, I, I love to get better at things and I love training. I got a list of 20 things. It could take me in the next three years to try and get good at these 20 things at this game. But one thing that you can do is use it as a reward. Mm -hmm. Okay, once I've done my two needle movers, I, I get 15 minutes, 20 minutes checking social media. That's mm -hmm. fine. Another strategy is to replace it. So... I just had a session today and the client's trying to stop drinking black tea. Now, firstly, I identified he's not committed to stopping it. It seems like a nice idea, but it doesn't seem like it's that important. So are we really going to spend our session time on this? <laughs> but he, did, he perhaps didn't know that. He just thought this is a goal that he's got to achieve. I'm like, I don't know if you really care about this, but if you do, it's easier to replace it with something that you really enjoy than to stop it. So instead of making the black tea, I, I gave him a brand of this drink that's really uh, healthy and it's wonderful. And I said, you do that for 14 days, you, black tea might be a thing of the past. So those are two strategies. One, use the addiction as a reward. Uh, you can also replace the addiction with something that's, that's healthier. Or sometimes I'll just try and delay the addiction. So it's like, all right. I really want to watch TV. What can I do before I watch TV that would be good for me? You know what? I'll take the dog out for a walk. And I'm an efficiency nerd. So while I'm out there walking the dog, I'm obviously walking myself, right? So fe feeding two birds with one scone right there. And then I'll put in my earphones and I'll do my singing exercises while I'm walking along the mountain. So now I'm getting these three things done and then I come back and then I dive into uh, the video game. I also love to drink beer while I'm playing it because beer and adrenaline are a really nice combination. <laughs> but again, I might be like, look, I'll play the first two games without that. I'm going to drink water, maybe with some electrolytes in it. And then when that's done, I can go and have a couple of beers and play it. So these are some hacks that have worked for me and my clients. Very cool. Very cool. I have a very important question for you because you've been doing this about 20 years now and, uh, you know, helped a lot of people. Why? Why, why have you gotten into this life coaching? You know, what, what's been your inspiration or, you know, was there a situation in your life that, uh, you know, uh, caused you to be inspired, you know, something that, you know, maybe you had to overcome yourself or, or whatnot, you know? I, I get asked that question so rarely. In fact, I can't remember the last time I've been asked that. And I like that. I think that one reason is because I'm so good at it and it's, it's great and fulfilling to do something you're really good at. 
So I see puzzle pieces. I track all the different pieces and my brain does pattern matching. My brain will look for patterns and realize, oh, that thing you, you do. Like one client said today, um, he was looking at traffic sources. And I said, you could, you could post articles, you could appear on podcasts. And he said, yeah, but I don't know if I really want to do that. And I said, well, you have another goal of building your online presence and getting known. And he's like, oh, like he hadn't put those together. So I spot the pieces and I'm like, chunk, 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 chunk. This is how this fits together. So that in a way that you can use it. And that was, that was kind of fulfilling in a business sense, but it's way more fulfilling with someone's entire life. Mm-hmm. So that's one reason. Another reason is I think because I was so cut off from life for so long. When I was seven, my little sister was killed in a, in a traffic accident. And I was there. I was seven. She was five. Um, and I watched it happen. And I grew up without being in touch with my feelings. Mm. And I didn't know that. Plus, I'm also a man and I was raised in Australia. So I had three strikes against me when it comes to emotional intelligence. And when I finally was introduced to the Landmark Forum by a company called Landmark Education, I was very cynical and I didn't want to go because they all wore name tags and they smiled way too much. I'm like, this shit cannot be real. This is some kind of a cult. I don't trust that people are this happy. But I didn't let that stop me. I'm like, I'm going to get in and get out. Well, they cracked my heart open. And I discovered that there are people who have devoted their entire lives to making the world a better place. I didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought they wanted my money. And so that started my whole career of coaching because in the course, I could not help myself. If someone was complaining or stuck, I'd say, well, yesterday morning, the leader said this, have you tried that? Oh no, I haven't tried that. Go, Go and try it out. I changed somebody's life overnight in that course and watching her screw up her courage. This is another reason I do it. I'm so inspired by life. I'm inspired by courage. I'm inspired by love. And as a coach, I get to bring those things into my clients' lives and help them animate those things so that they are more loving. They are more relational. They are more courageous and they are loving their life why would anybody choose anything else is my true answer. How could you choose? Why would you choose anything else? Such a good answer. Such a good answer. You know, I, I always, I ask myself this and I ask others who allow me that voice in their life to, to say, you know, how will the world be different because you were here? And uh, I just love the way that, you know, you are helping people to experience life better. And I've already seen it in this episode. And I hope our listeners are, are listening well enough to, uh, to witness this as well, that you are really good at picking up on the pieces and, and just kind of flipping it and putting it together. Uh, so one, of course, you have a talent for it. But is, is, this, your, is this your legacy? That, like the, the thing that you're going to leave the world better with is that people were able to experience uh, life more fully because of interactions with you. Would you would you say it that way, or how would you say it? Yeah, and I I would use some different words. Sure. I'd like people to remember me as this guy helped us play more. 
he helped us take the scary things way less seriously and uh and and to love our lives that's how i'd like to be remembered i'm actually working on a book right now which feels like a legacy for me it's called addressing the mouse in the room and it's because we all know about the elephant. You see it, I see it, no one's saying anything. And yeah, for sure, we should be addressing the elephant in the room. But there are so many animals in the room that are much more subtle. It might be a feeling I have that I'm not, that I'm not addressing. It might be a desire I have that I'm not saying. It might be something you said offended me. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to stuff it down instead of saying, oh, I noticed I had a reaction to that. So what tends to happen is you get this performance that I'm doing. You get what I'm willing to let out to the world. And I get what you're willing to let out to the world. And it's almost like we're in a play. Mm-hmm. And I want to cut through that shit. And so this book is, is, a, is a how-to guide to be more transparent, to be more you in the world and how to identify all of your mice and how to name those mice artfully so that there's more connection. And there are business reasons. Look, I'm a very practical guy. Yes, I'm, I'm inspired by life and I'm all about loving life. But if you are more transparent and you artfully name your mice, people will trust you more. People, they, they won't even know why, but they just want to be around you more. You will, charisma is hard to define. You will be more charismatic. Now you'll lose some people. You will lose some people. Mm-hmm but you'll also attract the right people to you. So mouse in the room is uh, that's a legacy for me. That's really cool. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it. I'm excited that you're working on that. Um, you know, I I've had uh, such a great conversation with you that I had a couple of planned questions. And I think that this, this question really leads into uh, or almost summarizes everything that we've been talking about. What do you feel is the true cost to people that lead such scattered lives like most of us do, right? You know, we, we haven't taken time to ask ourselves the right questions. You know, we, we don't have habits that allow us to get like those two most important things done, you know? Um, you know, I mean, if we're asleep in the matrix and we're just running about scattered, what, what's the true cost of that that people need to think about? Stress and regret. Mm. Those are the two costs. Um, when, you, when you know, even subconsciously, you know there's something that matters to you and you are not working towards that consistently, persistently, that is one definition of being out of integrity with yourself. And it leads to stress. When I know I need to get my book chapter out and yet I'm checking email, of course the system's going to be stressed because you're at war with yourself. Now there are upsides. You get entertainment value. You get to feel busy. You get dopamine, you get adrenaline. These are wonderful things. I love these things. And I I go for them a lot in my life, but the time in my life when I said, all right, this book, this, this is my first book. I said, this is not happening. I need to focus on this. So I went and moved in with a friend for for four weeks. And I made a deal with myself until 4pm each day, I could not touch anything that wasn't book. Mm -hmm. I could I could make food, 
and whatever. I go to the bathroom, but I couldn't touch anything that wasn't booked until 4 p.m. And I decided not to speak until 4 p.m. So my housemate would wave and I'd wave back and she knew not to speak to me. I just was not, I was keeping my energy inside for the book. It was one of the most peaceful times of my life because I knew I was working on what was most important. And I want that for everyone. You don't have to go as far as I did, right? That was, that was extreme. But when you are working on what matters to you, that's one version of integrity. Now, the other cost is regret that a year will go by, two years will go by, and you look at other people doing what you wanted to do. And you're like, I could be singing right now. I could be acting in a film right now. I could be on a sitcom like Friends. I could be, um, I could, I could have the lifestyle I want with the, the business that's producing the revenue that allows me to live how I want. And I'm working, say, 15, 20 hours a week. I could have had that. And then there's regret and there's part of you in the body. That's like, dude, what are you doing? Come on. And we get back to that stress thing. So I'm a big fan of at least work out what your dreams are, at least work out what really matters and what you want. You may choose not to go for it all. That's fine. Sometimes it's too scary. Maybe it's not the right time. There are some things I'm not going for everything in my life. You can't, there's not enough time but at least work out what it is. And then if you really think that that would improve your life, get some kind of structure to support yourself in moving in that direction. And life generally gets better. Even if you don't get the thing that you're working on, you get to feel good knowing, I don't know if I'll ever be a star of a major motion film, but that's my goal. Right. I, I did an audition just before I got on this this call with you and i i'd never done this monologue before and i did this live audition on zoom and and then the 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 talent agency the woman said i'm so glad you got through the technical difficulties because that that was my favorite so far it's like really that's awesome so i don't know if i'll get to the goal but i'm working on what matters and i say that is the win that is a win in and of itself achieving the goal is pure bonus yeah, so uh, I do have like a little follow up to that. I just think that stress and regret is the perfect answer to you know what's the what's the cost of this scattered life, and you're you're helping. You said you're most at peace when you're basically singular focused on what you want, and you weren't allowing like distractions in. You weren't allowing the scattered life. And then there's there's something else that I've read about you and your coaching, and it was. Um, that you believe the shiny object syndrome is such a freaking epidemic, right? So I think you, I think that the show, I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about that because knowing what you want and sometimes being distracted by shiny objects is two very different things, at least in my opinion, you know? So uh, can you talk a little bit about what this uh, epidemic is? You call it a freaking epidemic, this shiny object syndrome, you know? Yeah, we're we're like five-year-olds. Oh, that toy looks good. Oh, that toy looks good. Um, I I like to say that the human mind is like a monkey on crack. It's just shooting off all over the place. And so, you know, if we're going to mix our metaphors here, it's it's looking for little monkey treats. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, I got a little text message. Let me do that. And, oh, I can respond to that email. Boom, that's done. And um, 
oh, I forgot to order that thing on Amazon. Let me do that. Um, my dog's acting funny today and I kind of want to check her out and just make, make sure that there's nothing physical that I can find. Like all of these things are going on. And then when it comes to business, um, I want a program. I love coding, right? So that'd be really cool. I'm doing this singing right now. I'm doing the acting uh, and I'm coaching. I'd like to do improv. I love improv, but there's only so much you can do. So again, and I think we've covered all of this. You get dopamine and you get adrenaline and you get entertainment value from giving in to shiny object syndrome. So that's fine. If you're digging that, have at it and have a blast. That's my goal is that you have a great time in life. But if there's more that you want, if there are goals that you have, there might be financial goals, relationship goals. If you think, wait, my life could be better. That's when we need to implement some of the steps we've talked about here. Get yourself into a mastermind or with a coach or, or a therapist even can be great. Um, get immerse yourself in a course, some kind of system, some kind of structure so that you have to address what would have my life be better on a regular basis. I had one client write to me uh, once we finished after, after a few months, we stopped working and he said, the best thing was every week you asked me, how could I dream bigger? Mm. It's built in. It's in the self-coaching form. I deliberately built it in. They don't always have an answer, but he said, I had to ask that every single week. Yeah. Why not? Let's do that. And, and I guess, you know, since you just mentioned a, a time frame, if I'm a listener today, which I am, I'm also the host, but I'm listening in. And uh, how long does it take? You know, I, I'm with you, David. I, I want to go from scattered and, and stressed and, and regretful and, and not really knowing what I want to to focus peaceful action. Everything is a process. Like I, I told you, people come in here to lose as much as 200 pounds. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight, you know? What, you know, if somebody was to go to focus.ceo and fill out the form and, you know, maybe start a coaching journey or, or even just start their own journey. You know, yeah. What, what does that look like? The, mi the minimum is three months that I'll work with someone because we're just, we're getting to know each other. And some, some of the things could feel uncomfortable for a while. So the minimum is three months. Um, a lot of people work with me for six months, 12 months. I, I got some clients approaching two years right now, but I want to also make the point, just my particular target market is successful people. Mm -hmm. So if you are struggling in say four or five different areas of life, I may not be the right coach for you. I, I've made a specialty out of working with high performers who are, got so much talent. They're already working wonders with what they have. And even with shiny object syndrome and even with lack of productivity and even maybe being a little bit scattered, they're still working wonders. Mm -hmm. My question is how much higher and further could you go if you started implementing some of the stuff we're talking about now? If you got an outside perspective, one of my favorite expressions is you can't read the label from inside the jar. Yeah. So just get a second break. Working with me sometimes is as simple as hiring a second brain that's outside your brain and sees things from a different point of view. Yeah. That's exciting to me. It's like, what's going to come out of that? I don't know, but let's find out. 
you can't read the label from inside the jar. Oh, I like that. That's so good. That's so good. So I guess then how do people uh, get more of you? Uh, is it focus.ceo or uh, are there other ways to, uh, you know, uh, follow you or whatnot? Yeah, thank you. Um, I created a link that's very easy to remember that'll take listeners to a hidden page on my website. It's got a couple of free downloads on like very quick consumable on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. Uh, you can request a session with me. I think right now I call it a double your revenue audit because most people are focused on money. So call it what they want to hear. Uh, and would, and you would answer the probing questions that I mentioned and then uh, go straight to my calendar and we'll book a call. And we do 15 minutes and just see if coaching even makes sense for you. Uh, but you can do all of that. And also there's a link to Mouse in the Room at, at this page I'm going to send you to. And there's also my podcast. If you want to listen to Extraordinary Focus with David Wood, you can find all of this at this one link. And the link is myfocusgift.com. Because I want to give you the gift of focus. So what better link than myfocusgift.com. And if you can't remember that, go to focus.ceo and, and just request a session with me. Well, I'll leave you guys. I'll leave our listeners with this. WTF, what's the focus? <laughs> Want to find out what your focus should be? Go and check out David. And that is a, also a focus.ceo, but it's my myfocusgift.com. How do you say? Myfocusgift.com. All right. Well, yeah. David, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for everything that you shared so generously with our listeners. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.